You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 77. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Here we are. Here we are, and no Sean this week, sadly. No Sean. I He's been MIA for, I don't even know what's happened to the man. He might be turned up dead somewhere. I hope not, but oh, no. I mean, <laughs> who knows with Sean. Uh, he doesn't tell the podcast mates anything anymore, so... Uh, he's dealing with COVID, maybe. I don't know. Uh, th- thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there, as well as simultaneously on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. The topic of the show this week, Roro, is our thoughts on the Bethesda plus Xbox deal being finalized uh, just today, I believe, and what what we think that means for the future of Bethesda games as well. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week, Roro, is a... uh, I thought this would be a funny start to the show here. An escaped prisoner was arrested when he came out of hiding to buy a copy of Black Ops in the UK. (laughs) What? If you... Number one, if you escape jail or prison... Why the hell are you, is your first thing, oh, let's go play or let's go buy Call of Duty and go play Call of Duty? What in the world, Roro? Do we just have a bunch of dumb inmates out there? I, I, it seems that way. But I, I'm, when I heard this story, I was like, does he even have a PlayStation to go or <laughs> Xbox or anything to even play that thing on? After I don't know how long he was in jail. Maybe it wasn't that long. Yeah. But. Like maybe he was going to a buddy's house. I don't know. But there, I have so many questions as to why. Yes. Why did he go there first of all places to pick up a, a copy of Black Ops? Like, uh, amazing. Truly yeah. amazing. I'm True. sure he had a plan. I'm sure. Yeah. Whatever it was. <laughs> not a well It obviously failed. Yeah, not a well-forged plan. (laughs) It's kind of like when I was robbed at Walgreens and the dude that robbed me picked up a prescription from us. It's like, dude, you know we have all of your information. Why why would you do that? Uh, Dumb. Dumb Dumb criminals. Dumb criminals. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The next news story, Roro, we talked about this at the end of the show last week. It had just started breaking last week. Uh, you caught it and you brought it to my attention and uh, we kind of got a little bit more details behind this. So I thought it was kind of interesting for us to talk about. Uh, so Nintendo Switch Pro rumors have started heating up again uh, and they're saying maybe late 2021 or early 2022 release, um, which is interesting timing wise because that seems that it would line up perfectly with Breath of the Wild 2 if it is indeed next year. And obviously, we don't know what the release date is for that yet, but they're saying we're going to get more info this fall. So if they say, like, hey, here's Breath of the Wild 2 and also Nintendo Switch Pro coming in March or April or something, I think that would be awesome, uh, a really good reveal for, for the fall. Uh, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on, on this and uh, how excited are you? Yeah, I, I am pretty excited literally just because of the bigger screen is yeah. just what excites me because I, I mainly play in handhold mode. I know that the... The resolution seems to not be upgraded. It's still 720p in handheld mode. No problem with me, really. But uh, I can see that being a problem with with other fans. Um, The 4K output, awesome, fantastic. I don't have anything that supports that, but awesome for people (laughs) that do. Um, And hopefully someday I will be able to experience Breath of the Wild in in that beautifulness in 4K. Um, It coming with Breath of the Wild, I think... It just makes sense. I, I hope they they do that. Uh, just to pair those two together, having a launch edition with the Breath of the Wild special edition, that would be cool to launch alongside it. Um, 
I've heard rumors that there might be um, exclusive games coming to this, like kind of like the Ninten- the new 3DS, how there were certain games that were made to play on that. Hmm. That would be interesting. I don't know how that would <laughs> go over with people if that is true. Um, I personally wouldn't want something like that, but um, because the, the Switch already has such a wide, uh, huge audience that most people would have to sell their Switch if they, most Nintendo fans would probably upgrade but it sucks that the general audience was who probably just bought a Switch would, won't be able to play certain games that may come out for this one. So I hope that that, that rumor is false. But um, yeah, all in all, very excited for the new Nintendo Switch for sure. Which the interesting part about that is like, I feel like in terms of like the actual like handheld mode, it doesn't seem like that big of a difference from what we know so far uh, because it's still 720p screen and it's just an inch bigger. So I'm a little confused why there would even be a Switch exclusive or a Switch Pro exclusive um, if it's, you know, for the most part, the same hardware and you're still running it at 720p, I feel like that it shouldn't need to do that, but maybe like maybe Switch Pro like dock exclusives because the dock is supposed to be 4K, right? Yeah, that yeah, I, I also don't know how or, or why they would need to make exclusives for this. The yeah, I don't think there's like you said enough different with this upgrade to to warrant exclusives like the new Nintendo 3DS had the little nub that allowed the camera controls that couldn't do for certain other games so i understood that but this yeah i'm doesn't really make sense to do that so i again hope it's not true for sure for sure uh agreed completely and i would be on board for a new switch as well even though i haven't even played mine in a long time (laughs) uh but I, i have a bunch of games i need to get to i just haven't gotten to them so um Moving on, Roro, to the next news story. This is one that you sent to me right before the show started. So apparently uh, Build-A-Bear Workshop is officially releasing an Animal Crossing New Horizons collection soon. So what what would be your you know go-to? Like, what's the one character you want to see in this from New Horizons? I would, I would love to get a... Uh... A stuffed animal of uh, Cherry. She's a pe- or bear cub. She's pink. She wears like a green uh, dress. She's my favorite villager, probably hands down. Uh, I had her on my old island, but I nuked her. She's dead now. Oh, but hopefully no. she, <laughs> hopefully she was revived in the, in my new save, and I'll be able to invite her again. But uh, I doubt they're gonna go super all out with this collection where they like have every single Animal Crossing villager available. They'll probably do some popular ones. If anything, but if anything, they'll probably just do like the main cast, like Isabel, Tom Nook, the popular main cast, uh, Isabel, KK Slider, those kind of characters, um, which again, totally down for. But if they were to go all out and include a lot of villagers, Cherry would be the one that I would want to get. And that, her name is, uh, there's two cherries there's the dog, C H E R R Y, like the fruit, and then there's a and there's a bear one that's spelled C H E R I. Cherry, I guess you could you could say like it's, she's French or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, interesting. But yeah, that would uh, be my my dream. <laughs> every time you describe your old island going away, I feel like I just see like body parts and ex- and like animals just going into smithereens. So like, I, <laughs> when you say that you're nuking your old island, I'm just like, oh my god, that's like graphic. That's like Doom Eternal except Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, that and that's uh, something that they they. Uh, collaborated on at the very beginning of this like releasing on the same day they would have like crossovers with doom guy and isabel you're right so this could this is exactly what i'm thinking of like isabel is the lone survivor of my nuking doom guy and her trying to survive out there i I completely forgot that it came out the same day that's perfect (laughs) oh god uh, that's something I would pay for. Uh, you know what? I'm not a huge Animal Crossing person, <laughs> but if they make that game, I'm buying that. <laughs> Just explode. Uh, I sound like an awful they have person. Some really, they have some really great uh, fan animations spawning from uh, from that collaboration. And <laughs> fantastic. They're so good. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Roro, moving on. 
Aliens Fire Team, which we just talked about last week, uh, newly announced uh, Aliens game. It just got a new 25-minute gameplay reveal on IGN, uh, so I definitely recommend people check that out. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to check out the gameplay or not, but I checked it out a little bit before the podcast, and it actually looks pretty good. I, I would say my major concern right now is... A lot of people were comparing it to like Left 4 Dead and saying it's like a third person Left 4 Dead essentially. And I guess my only concern with saying that is it didn't feel uh, it didn't feel like you were worried about moving from point A to point B in this uh, gameplay demo. And maybe it depends on the difficulty that they're on or you know other things as well. But uh, I thought it was interesting because it didn't ver- it didn't feel very tense, uh, almost like Alien. If you go back and play Alien Isolation, for instance, it feels very tense. Like, and that's all, that game's only one alien, and like it <laughs> makes you feel so scared of the aliens. Whereas this is like there's an endless onslaught of aliens, and it doesn't feel as intense. I guess uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as personal with with the aliens. Um, so I guess that's my only concern with this railroad. Uh, did you have a chance to check out the video at all? So I haven't seen the full thing, but what I'm looking at here now, I, I, I'm inclined to agree that it doesn't look as tense as, as scary as isolation is. Yeah. Um, it reminds me kind of like, like zombies, I guess, like you're facing waves and waves of these little aliens as far as I can see, uh, so far. Um, but yeah, still, I, I, I'm interested to try it out. Okay. Here comes a bigger Xenomorph now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it, it looks like more run and gun than kind of hiding from, from anything. Yeah. I'm still excited for it, but like, uh, it doesn't feel like the, I guess they were touting it as like a story, uh, co-op shooter-esque and, uh, the story elements that they were showing in this this gameplay demo, it didn't seem like it was going to be like this big encompassing story. It's, it seems like it's more just like kind of off the cuff stuff, if that makes sense. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So it kind of feels, I don't know. I don't know. Like, here's also a story instead of like me being that being the first thing. Yeah. Like that, so. that didn't come first, basically, in, when they were developing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But, yeah, it definitely. Seems, I'm looking at the xenomorphs, or I think I don't even know what they're called. So yes. I don't even know if I'm finding like the correct thing. You're correct. <laughs> I'm yep. sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like jumping onto the the players, kind of like how some of the certain zombies do in Left for Dead. So there's definitely I can see the comparison in some of the things that are happening. Yeah. I like the little tourists that they have as well. So it, it definitely looks fun. Yeah, I think I would enjoy it with a with a group of friends for sure. So one of the cool things I would say about it is it has a lot of variety in the uh, xenomorphs. So they're adding a lot of different types of xenomorphs that they've never had in the movies or anything before. Um, so they have uh, they have multiple that IGN uh, went over. They have bursters, which are essentially they blow up and they have like acid that spills out or whatever that damage you. Um, so that's kind of cool. They have drones, which it says drones are opportunistic hunters known for the ability to navigate air shafts in small spaces, essentially. Um, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is kind of terrifying. Uh, Praetorians, which are extraordinarily difficult to kill with a bulletproof armored head plate, which is interesting. They also ram you with that. So it's kind of more like a, I guess, a charging. A bolt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have a prowler, which prowlers prefer to leap. So it's like a, like if you've played Left 4 Dead, like hunters, uh, where they yes. do like the leaping. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the one that I saw in the trailer, and I was blanking on the zombie's name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have runners, which are, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. They <laughs> run fast, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and they have spitters, so they spit like this acid um, from a distance. So I do like how they have a very wide variety of uh, xenomorphs that kind of changes the gameplay dynamics. And I think the dude actually in the interview with Ryan during the video, I think he actually says that uh, they even have more that they haven't revealed yet. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, solid start. Yeah. I had to see more. Yes. Or maybe I should just watch the 25 minute trailer and I'll be satisfied. I haven't watched it yet, so maybe I don't need to see more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, 
I'm, I definitely want to see more from it before I decide one way or the other, but um, I'm definitely intrigued by it for sure. Um, moving on, Roro, uh, GTA Mastermind, and I just skipped one, so I'll have to go back. I, I didn't realize that. GTA Mastermind, Leslie Benzie's new game, Everywhere, is trying to be deciphered by gamers, Roro. Uh, this is very interesting because I didn't even know that Leslie I knew Leslie had left uh Rockstar but I didn't know that he had started his own team and like they were already deep into development on something so apparently this everywhere game is essentially from what people can gather from patents and stuff it seems like it's going to be like an MMO-esque like online multiplayer experience but it's kind of interesting because uh, and this is coming from IGN. It says if the patents are correct, meaning like they have like actual patents for like gameplay mechanics, which is also weird. Uh, <laughs> if the patents are oh, correct, shadow of Mordor situation all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, if the patents are correct, everywhere will be a multiplayer open world set in the near future where players will be able to buy their own vehicles and objects, create mini games, and interact. So when you combine that with the other part that we talked about with the MMO aspect and online aspect, this sounds essentially like GTA Online, except like they're trying to make it like a real world environment, I guess, like where you're like almost living in this world. It almost sounds like uh, if you ever heard of the uh, Second Life game, I think that's what it's called, where people mm-hmm. like create like digital avatars of themselves and like you, you go to work in this game and, and you know, you 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 know, buy things in this game world and you buy houses and all of this. It sounds like they're like marrying that with GTA online, which is very interesting. Uh, I, I don't know yet, but uh, <laughs> Leslie is a smart dude and absolutely freaking killed it with GTA. So maybe he's onto something here. Uh, is there anything about this that you're interested in? I I don't know what to make of it yet. Like it it seems it definitely is intriguing for sure. I would love to to know more whenever it comes out. But I think I'm like with the rest of the people who are trying to decipher it because I am I am at a loss right now. Like I'm looking at what I can right now, and I, I still am not being able to get a lot out of it. I, I'm assuming not a lot of it of information is out on purpose. Yeah, because he's still in in, in early development. But uh, from what you told me and from what I'm I'm seeing here, it, it definitely has piqued my interest. Yeah. <laughs> see whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm excited to see see, see anything from yeah. this. Especially, like you said, from the guy behind GTA, it should be, should be good. For sure. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I just want to see something, like you said, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm, I like the logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I would imagine just based on like the language of this and, you know, Leslie has tons of money. I'm sure this game's going to be in development for a while. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's my guess anyways. <laughs> uh, moving on, Roro, to the story I skipped. Uh, <laughs> lead designer on Hogwarts Legacy has left following controversy around his YouTube channel. So uh, this is Troy Leavitt, uh, who, which that's a weird last name, Leavitt. Uh, <laughs> ironic, I guess. Yeah. Leavitt. Uh, he, uh, apparently he became the center of controversy, and I'm reading from IGN here uh, from Joe Screbbles, which I don't know who <laughs> Joe is. He might be a freelancer. I don't recognize the name. Uh, but thank you, Joe. Uh, leave it. Leave it became the center of controversy two weeks ago when journalist Liam Robertson pointed out that de- that the designer had previously uploaded a number of videos in the past that had, among other subjects, expressed support for the GamerGate movement and downplayed high-profile cases of sexual harassment. Not good. Not, Not good. good. <laughs> Not good at all. And. The weird the the worst part is is he he made a post on Twitter that says number one I've made the decision to part ways with Avalanche Software I have nothing but good things to say about the game the dev team and WB Games number two I will be releasing a YouTube video about this soon on my channel it's like uh maybe start with an apology I don't know maybe maybe something like that no I, I guess yeah. not 
Uh, but yeah. it, obviously, we both agree that 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 that's awful, uh, and nobody should act like that. Uh, but I did want to kind of ask the question of what we do we think this is going to impact Hogwarts legacy or do we think that they're kind of already far enough in development that it's not going to matter at this point um I think I don't think it'll impact it too much um I think they are far enough in in development uh for sure I, like after the de- the delay, I assume like they were they were getting close, and then they delayed it for whatever reason. So, I I, I really don't know. I I think that they are they're close to yeah. being done, but that's just I really have no evidence to back that up. That's just me speculating and and thinking based on when they were planning to release. That's that's all I have really. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, the first thing that I feel like most. <laughs> studios do when hiring someone is do a background check yeah and i feel like either they didn't which is one bad or two they did and they didn't care which just i don't know right like that just shows me a little bit more about what the studio is like yeah either one either one is bad so one is worse than the other if they hired him and saw everything they saw but not doing the background check is just as bad but uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to not watch this video, but I'm excited for other people to watch it and tell me how I should feel about it. Just kidding. I will make my own decision. But I'm excited to to see why he left and the the reasons behind it. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, like it's not like his history is like you know uh, guarded or hidden away somewhere. Yeah, it, he, it's literally on YouTube, like just YouTube, yeah. like just find the dude on YouTube and you can find that content avalanche. What, what the heck are you guys doing? What are you doing? Oh man. Oh no. That's crazy. And of course it's a, uh, something tied to Harry Potter as well. Yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of an I- ironic situation uh, all around for sure. But, <laughs> Yeah, a sad ironic, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, moving on, Roro. Microsoft is investigating reports of Xbox Series X and S controllers with unresponsive button presses. So, Roro, we're now in the in the this day and age where we have Joy-Con drift, PlayStation Five or DualSense uh, drift, and now Xbox button unresponsiveness. <laughs> so. Like, what the heck is going on there? We're falling apart at the seams. Uh, One thing I will say about this, though, is I think there's a little bright spot for this situation in particular because it seems to me that it's just that the console isn't, like, taking in the input and it's not a malfunction of the controller, if that makes sense, necessarily. It might just be, like, as simple as a firmware update that Microsoft has to do to fix that because i know fall guys had an issue um when it launched on playstation that it wasn't receiving button presses right uh and they updated that and it works perfect now um so maybe hopefully that situation could be solved by that uh i don't know how how much do we think that they're testing these they say they test them a lot (laughs) but it's like what what's going on yeah clearly clearly not enough i guess yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping you're right that it's it's not an issue with the controller itself and just I don't know I don't know if you if you plug in plug it in like the wire if you wire it then does that fix the issue I guess that would be able Ooh. to test that theory, yeah. um, but then again a lot of wireless controllers don't even have the uh, the plug-in option anymore yeah it's wireless or or not but um yeah like you said the the Joy-Con drifts the PlayStation Five drifts all these newer consoles are seeming to have a lot of issues that. The previous ones kind of didn't they I, there was obviously the red ring of death for xbox right um and i'm sure we had its issues and, and stuff like that but not not to this extent and that's probably because the new technology is a lot to learn i guess with that but i feel like if i were if i still had my game boy sp it would still work no problem i i'm sure if i just pressed the button it would turn on just fine like my 3ds is still kicking yes like <laughs> What's going on with these guys? Recently, the my Joy-Con started drifting again, and I just got a new one. And I was like, what? Oh, no. It was the opposite side, but still, that still, sucks. I was so upset. Oh. It wasn't as bad as the other one, but 
it's going to get as bad as the other one if I don't change it soon. So, Ooh. ah man, it sucks. Yeah, it that sucks. that does suck. <laughs> I, I somehow I haven't had that issue yet on the DualSense or on the on the uh, Joy Cons, but I also don't play them as much as I play as my much, Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I, I am mashing buttons constantly on my Switch because I play it so much. You know what it is, Roro? It's it's you're trying to take off the heads of all of your villagers and yeah. Animal Crossing. That's what I, I figured out why you play that so much now. You're just mashing buttons to take off their... You don't nuke them. You take their heads off with mashing buttons. That's what the axe is for, and not a lot of people know about that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Moving on, uh, more <laughs> Xbox news. Uh, Xbox Director of Program Management, Jason Ronald, has said that there are unannounced Xbox games coming in 2021. Um, I guess my only thing here is, is like, I'm trying to think what could possibly be coming because, like, Microsoft now has one of the largest, if not the largest, first-party stables of anyone after the Bethesda Apple acquisition i'm not sure what would be coming this year um and if they're counting bethesda like so if bethesda releases a multi-platform game this year is he counting that or i'm not sure exactly how he's meaning this but maybe forza horizon 5 if playground games uh is ready for that because i know forza motorsport is probably not going to be ready this year even though it's already announced it's probably going to be next year um, cause they're kind of rebooting it essentially. Uh, so I don't know. Is there anything that comes to you, to mind with you that we could possibly see? Maybe, how about you just give us the cuphead DLC that we've been promised? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I can see, uh, what you're saying happening. Like the Xbox games that he's talking about are probably games that may be coming to other consoles, maybe at a timed exclusive sort of situation. Um, I just think of games that we won't even think about because they're new IP or something or something a little bit smaller. Because um, I remember when they were doing advertising and hype up for the Xbox, they were like, we got some new games. And then it would be like um, cool games nonetheless, but smaller titles, not like a Halo or something like that. So I can see these unannounced game being on the kind of indie double A maybe size, but yeah, I, I don't even know what to possibly expect. I, I, I think of games like uh, Bright Memory is a, is one that I'm mm. thinking about. Yeah. Something like that is what I think he may be talking about. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Bright Memory Infinite, I think, is supposed to yes. come out this year. Um, so, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, moving on, Roro. V1 Interactive has announced that they are shutting down um, this is from Marcus Leto, who was uh, essentially the father of the Master Chief. He uh, he drew the first um, concept art of the Master Chief, and so cool. he, yeah, he worked at Bungie <laughs> for so long. Uh, really, I love the dude. He's awesome. He he actually recently rebuilt the Warthog in uh, one of the the game developer engines. I can't remember if it was Unity or if it was uh, Unreal or something. But uh, he rebuilt the original Halo CE Warthog, and it looked so good. I was like, oh, my God. And he did it strictly, like, personally. He didn't do it for work or anything. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, his, his this is his studio. They made Disintegration, which it came out, and it was kind of... It was kind of ignored, and uh, it was a multiplayer-focused game. It was just a weird hybrid of, like, a RTS-slash-shooter, and... It just it didn't really work out for him, and it sucks because he's a really great dude, and uh, it seemed like he built a cool team there, but uh, unfortunately, the game couldn't stick its landing, and uh, unfortunately, they had to close their doors, but one bright spot about this, Roro, that I felt like we should highlight is uh, Marcus has given his employees time to find a new job while they're still continuing to be paid at V1, which is fantastic, like... The big pub, the big publishers and big developers don't do that. They they cut you and they're like, "See ya, we don't care about you." But like he has an investment because I think his team was like around twenty people, 
I'm sure he had a close personal relationship with them. So it's really awesome that he's continuing to pay them uh, while they're trying to find a new new position somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely uh, sad news, obviously. Um, whenever a studio closes, it, it, it sucks. Um, or when they have to lay off people, it, it sucks. Um, but as you said, it's awesome that he's, it wasn't a surprise is what he, is what he said to on his post. Like, I, I let my employees know that we'll be closing down, unfortunately, and we're going to make sure they land on their feet before anything final happens, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, like you said, it sucks that they won't get a, a second chance after disintegration, which, like you said, came out to kind of middling reception. I remember the multiplayer shut down like six months after it released. So there was a lot of things wrong with, with that launch. But at the same time, coming from a, a guy who had a great history, so you can imagine that his next title will probably be even better than his first. So it sucks that that won't happen. Yeah. But um, well, at least not with this studio. But sure. um, yeah, uh, um, I'm hoping that everything turns out okay for the employees, which I'm sure it will. I saw a lot of game dev people in the industry retweeting that tweet and say like, "Hey, we're hiring. Come over here." So I'm sure they'll be they'll be okay. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love seeing stuff like that that comes out of people, you know, being let go from their companies and other developers saying, "Hey, we got spots open." That's awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, moving on, Roro, Epic Games has announced that they have acquired Fall Guys developer Mediatonic. Uh, so that's kind of a big deal. Obviously, <laughs> Fall Guys uh, is a sort of battle royale show game, I guess. Game show game, I guess you could call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, I think this this acquisition makes a ton of sense, actually, for, for Epic and for Mediatonic because, like, who is the one person or one company out there right now that is doing so many license deals with so many freaking companies right now with skins and all of that? That is the perfect company to do Fall Guys uh, content because you, you're literally, you could get Marvel characters and Fall Guys and all this. Everything that's going into Fortnite, they could just make a deal like, hey, we're going to put this in Fortnite and Fall Guys and boom. It's a win win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I that'll that I don't even know what would get me back into Fall Guys. Yeah, but like you said, Epic Games obviously killing it with Fortnite and and other stuff. So if yeah, it, it just makes sense them coming together. Um, I'm excited to see, like you said, what what that could mean for the costumes, even for future seasons. Maybe they do something crazy like they did with uh, Fortnite with the Marvel events and the and the DC kind of things, maybe they have a season where it's Marvel. Like, who knows? Like, they could they could do some really cool stuff with Epic Games but, uh, helping them out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. Hopefully it doesn't mean any Epic Epic uh, store exclusives, oh, but yeah. uh, I'm sure maybe that is in the bags as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, man, I you just said that about Marvel. I'm just thinking, like, what if they do something like they do like a, a rift between games type of thing? Mm -hmm. Like they have this thing going with Agent Jones or whatever right now. Like what if they do something like a storyline where he's going across games into Fall Guys and then they like pull he stuff. one of the beams over. Yeah. I think that would be super cool actually uh, now yeah. that we're talking about that. Yeah. That that could be very yeah. cool. That would be cool if he if he uh, makes one of the the Fall Guys a skin in Fortnite. Ooh, that would be yeah. <laughs> like he brings one of the Bean characters over there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think this that season's ending now though. Uh, next next week. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure, but yeah. Yes. That would be awesome though. That'd yeah. Be really cool. <laughs> that would be very cool. Um, Roro, Need for Speed fans out there are going to be disappointed because Need for Speed has been delayed in favor of the next Battlefield game. And now a normal person <laughs> would see that sentence and be like, what the hell? What does Need for Speed have to do with Battlefield? <laughs> but me being the psycho that I am and knowing all these things that are going on, and I'm sure you know many uh, much of this as well, that Criterion Games is a support studio, essentially. They have been for a long time, and EA is essentially telling Criterion, hey, stop working on Need for Speed. Come help out DICE on Battlefield. We need this coming out this year. We need to. We need like 30 million copies sold of this. So, um, 
But I don't know. I don't think this is a huge deal just because we get so many racing games nowadays. Like, there's so much. And even EA, they just bought Codemasters. So they still have racing games coming this year from Codemasters, I'm sure. Um, so I don't think that'll really affect them in, in that regard. Uh, do you... Are you excited about the next Battlefield? I don't know if we've talked about this. I'm not excited for either Battlefield or Need for Speed. All right. Well, end the podcast here. <laughs> oh, man. Right. I, yeah, I just can't imagine, like, working. It's like, oh, man, this Need for Speed is going to be awesome, guys. I can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. We're getting so close. To, oh, we're, we're stopping? <laughs> To work on on battlefield yeah something completely different okay yeah <laughs> man yeah that i'm sure they're they're more than capable of handling that obviously yeah. but uh just weird that they have to drop everything they're doing on need for speed to you know line ea's pockets yeah i yeah. imagine the roller coaster of emotions like like you're <laughs> saying like they worked on battlefront they worked on battlefield they worked on need for speed like I don't I just couldn't imagine that they're all very different games like even Battlefront and Battlefield they're similar but like they're still very different games so like oh it's just so weird to think about (laughs) but I don't know maybe that means we'll get some really good driving in Battlefield (laughs) the tanks might drive super fast yeah (laughs) they drift (laughs) yeah uh moving on Roro EA Motive and yes, more EA news. That was actually conveniently placed because I had completely forgot that both, both of those were EA stories. That was perfect. Uh, EA Motive is reportedly working on an established IP that will make fans happy. So, Roro, an established EA IP that will make fans happy. Dead Space. <laughs> uh, I I would be super stoked if they rebooted Dead Space. Um, I don't know if that's what it is because like EA has so many different IPs. This could be literally anything, and also it could be like just like a a movie IP or something. Like obviously, Motive worked on Star Wars, so you know it could be literally anything. Um, but Dead Space would make me so happy, even though we are getting the Callisto protocol coming uh, from the creators of Dead Space. I would still love to see Dead Space return. What are your mm. thoughts? What Do you have any other thoughts on what this could be? Um, I, I don't know what it could be. I would I would love I think this game is EA Mirrors is Mirrors Edge. Yes. EA? Yes. Yes. I, I was so excited for that back in the day. And then it came out. I was like kind of eh about it but i love yeah. like the trailers before it came out it, it looks so cool the park and all that stuff and i love the the design of the main character so them going back to that would be really cool doubt it would happen because that's probably long and forgotten by ea but i would love that that's, but um that's actually a really good one like i didn't think of that one and i think mitch dyer if i remember correctly he i think he's still a writer at motive but uh i think he he loved uh mirror's edge too when he worked at ign he might be on to something okay there we go something. <laughs> yeah that would be awesome well, I, that is it because i'd love a uh a, a revitalized mirror's edge for the modern audience as i'm sure it would be their marketing campaign yes but, uh yeah that, that would be cool that um but how would how would you feel if a Dead Space came out without the guys behind Dead Space? How how confident are you in EA to make yeah. make that look good? I mean, I guess it it just depends on what it looks like. I'd have to see it uh, because obviously, like if you go back to two thousand and seven and tell two thousand and seven me that you know Bungie's not going to be working on Halo Infinite, I would have been like, what? No, that's I don't want to. I don't want that. But I mean, it just depends on the situation. So, like, obviously, 343 was founded with the sole purpose of creating Halo. And so this is a little different because Motive wasn't created for the sole purpose of this new IP, but or established IP, I mean. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how I would feel. It definitely depends on what it looks like. I would hope that they would do it justice and maybe do like a reboot or maybe like do something in a completely different like section of the universe, not focus on Isaac's story. Um, I think that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah. 
Hopefully they're listening. Yes. <laughs> Take notes, EA. Roro, uh, <laughs> uh, something I never thought I would say uh, for our next story here. A new side-scrolling TMNT brawler game is coming from the developers of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So this is like essentially a fall, a spiritual successor to the TMNT 1989 arcade game. What? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is literally, it looks like the freaking 1989 game too. Like the, the style is exactly the same. That old graphic style. This looks awesome. I am completely on board for this. And like TMNT 1989 was like one of the first games that I played with my brother, I believe on NES or SNES. I can't remember which, but uh, yeah, that was like one of my first gaming experiences. So I, this makes me super happy that we're getting a sequel to this, essentially a sequel. Uh, but what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was definitely uh, excited for it. Um, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not, I'm not nostalgic for the 1987 one just because it was uh, past my time. But seeing this looks like it's doing everything right to to make those fans happy for sure. Yeah, um, yeah and it being from the people who made Streets of Rage four. And the Scott Pilgrim team, like those people coming together means that this is going to probably be really fun to play. Yeah. Um, I'm more nostalgic for the the 2004 one on, on a, I think it was on a channel called Jetix, Jetix or something like that. But that was like, I think that was the second or third TMNT cartoon made. But that's, that's my go-to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. That was that was my favorite. I don't even know what it was called. I think it was just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, nice. yeah, but yeah, I, I'm excited for for this one to come out for sure. Yes. Hope we get some a release date soon. Yes, agreed. That would be great. Uh, the animation in the trailer was whew, it was amazing. Yeah. So, Beautiful. I, I hope we get to play as uh, as April or, or Shredder as well because I think what they yeah. said was only the four characters, but maybe. Maybe who knows? There'll be unlockable characters later on. Yeah, because they showed that scene with April and yeah. she, she like she hit somebody or something, and I was like, yeah. "What? What the heck? <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was pretty yeah, cool. cool. Or what's his name? Uh, is Kevin his name? This this the skateboarding guy with the ski mask. Kevin, I don't know. Or was he even in the older ones? I don't know who that is. It was. I don't know. Dang it. Kevin. Yeah. Skateboard guy, Mikey. Mike. No, no, Mikey. No, that's Mikey. Is Michelangelo? I'm yeah. I I'm not going to be able to remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't recall. I don't recall one, but there definitely could have been one. Uh, I just don't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we're excited for it nonetheless. But Casey Jones. There we go. Got Casey. It. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I remember. That'd be cool if he shows up. I don't know if he's in the 1987 one, but I, I remember yeah. him from the, the cartoon that I watched. Yeah. I remember Casey. I think I remember Casey from the movies, the Michael Bay ones that are not that great, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if he was in the 1989 arcade game. I don't remember, but uh, anyways, Moving on, Roro. Uh, the Outer Worlds next expansion is being teased on Twitter uh, with a little teaser trailer, and a, tr- a full trailer appears to be coming tomorrow. Uh, and this little teaser looks like it's a city in the sky is what we're going to get for this expansion, which is super exciting. I'm very excited about this. I love the Parallel Gorgon DLC. I thought that was awesome. Um, so literally anything more outer worlds i'm completely on board for um and apparently this one's called murder on eridanos so i guess the area the city in the sky is called eridanos uh which is very fascinating and yeah i just can't wait for more outer worlds one of my favorite games from 2019 roro 2019 yeah crazy time flies time does Yeah, it, it, it looks cool. Again, I, I haven't played Outer Worlds. I've started it, but I haven't. I can't say that I've played it because I didn't get very far yet. <laughs> tisk, tisk. <laughs> uh, Roro, moving into the last story of the week. This is an interesting discussion. Um, 
There's a little thing going around on Twitter about doors and ga video game development, and I thought it was very fascinating. Um, and it was actually uh, it was someone who at, at 343, from what I saw, someone at 343 uh, retweeted someone uh, from Naughty Dog that was talking about uh, how complicated it is for doors to to uh, be put into game development. I'll just read you a little bit here. He said, uh, don't know what everyone's up in arms about. We added doors in combat to Last of Us 2. Took like a day. Just got to have good talent, I guess. And then, <laughs> and then he says, laugh out loud, JK. It was literally the thing that took the longest to get right. What were we thinking? <laughs> and he put... Yeah, he put one of 100, meaning he was going to have 100 responses. I think he was kidding because there's only like 10 or so responses, <laughs> but I won't read them all. But essentially, he just goes into like the complexities of doors and video games and why many games out there don't have doors in, in their games because they're they're just there's so many layers are so complex that you have to think about different situations and like stealth and how's that different and like moving in there and cutscenes and all this so many triggers and i just thought it was very very fascinating something as simple as a door how yeah. complicated it is that's crazy and like yeah like people yeah. were making good comments like even assassin's creed like there's no doors in assassin's creed i don't mm. think because like you don't use them I, I guess the developers don't want to create doors. I, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why so many open world games, you can't go into a lot of stores. And yeah. sometimes the doors are just like, they just flip open no matter what you do. Even if you like sneakily, they just, they just yes. pop open. That's how they open. But yeah, if you're designing a game like The Last of Us or something a bit more cinematic, it, it, there's so many different ways a player could approach a door, let alone everything else in, in the environment. So yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't, I, I saw one comment about that topic, but I didn't know what it was referring to until we talked about it here. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of times where I'm playing a game where I, I learned a little bit of code, uh, for a bit yeah. where I know how intricate it can be. Yeah. So I'm like, when I'm playing something, it's like, oh my god, like they had to. <laughs> if I did this, then there's another line of code that's like going on for ages probably and if i did this there's another it's like there's so much detail put into such simple tasks like picking up a gun like if i did it a different way what would have happened they, they have to like be ready for any possible outcome it's crazy yeah it is crazy or, or you get weird bugs like you do in unity yeah, assassin's creed unity or something yeah oh <laughs> unity oh uh, but yeah, I thought one of one of the coolest parts was he was talking about um, when when you're like running through a door, I guess, in Last of Us Part Two, like the complexity of like how do you open that door, like when you're running at it or whatever, and like how your animation changes. And then he's like, well, then we had to figure out like, do we want the character to slam the door behind them, or like how do we handle like the door closing? And apparently, I haven't, I still haven't played Last of Us Part Two, but apparently the door just starts closing slowly on its own after so much time, which is very, very interesting <laughs> that, and it makes sense because like, if you're running through a door, you don't want to spend more time like turning behind you to close the door. So yeah. it does make sense. Uh, but yeah. And the quote tweet from the three, four, three employee, I thought was kind of interesting and it kind of lines up with something else that I wanted to tie into this. Uh, he said, great read about how something small, such as adding doors, is actually quite complex. Very rarely is there just a just do this or it's so easy to in game development. And this thread provides some great insight as to why that is with a real real world example, um, which is very, very true. And it reminds me of so there's a, a very popular uh, YouTuber named Courage who I know he's big in the competitive scene. Um, and uh, I think he's with 100 Thieves, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, he he put out this tweet that essentially said that if Halo Infinite doesn't have a battle royale at launch, then it's a failure. And I was mm -hmm. like, what? That doesn't <laughs> even make sense. For one, like 
Halo has never been about following trends. Halo has been about setting the trends. They did that with matchmaking. They did that with voice chat. They did that with friends list. They did that with so many things. Forge, theater. They did so many things that set trends. The fact that he's saying that Infinite is going to be a failure if it doesn't have a battle royale, I think is stupid because you take the game as the developer intends it and you decide how you enjoy it. So Halo is going to have a full suite of multiplayer, a full suite of a campaign. To say that it doesn't have a trend that is in the industry right now and that it will be a failure if it doesn't have that is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And then he sent some follow-up tweets that kind of got me even more agitated because <laughs> obviously you have you have the the crazy people out there that say, you know, we don't want BR, we don't want Battle Royale and Halo, and this is bad and all this. So then he generalizes and says, uh, gotta love Halo fans gatekeeping by not wanting this. And it's like, well, well no, many of the logical Halo fans like myself <laughs> uh, think that, like a Halo Battle Royale would be awesome. I would love to have that. Like I'm I loved Fortnite for a long time. I love Apex, all of that. Like I think that would be an unbelievable experience. I think it would be amazing. But to say that Infinite would be a failure if it doesn't have a Battle Royale is the part that's the problem because that doesn't make sense. That's that's not giving a fair shake to a game that isn't even out yet. We haven't seen much from it. So like I don't I don't know. I I don't like when people generalize things like this because it's so I don't know. It's so it's such a blanket statement that it doesn't apply in in my opinion to this because it's like you have to see what the sum of the parts are and then evaluate after the fact. But definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. Um I think there's a an issue where I I think I do it sometimes too, but I try to make it clear that I'm either joking yeah. or that it's my opinion, but like most of the time people state things as fact, like this is terrible. Not because I feel so, it's just terrible. Yeah. And I feel like he's doing something like that with that comment where he's like, it's going to be a failure because it doesn't have battle rail. I rest my case without really explaining why or yeah. saying that this is how I feel. Just saying that this is the reason why Halo will fail if it doesn't have that, which is not the way to go about things no. um, at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I get like you, I would love to see a, halo battle royale just picturing that in my head sounds lots of fun um but i also think that halo would be just fine without without that um and i can't imagine that being the reason why halo fails i feel like most people are getting halo for the campaign and the multiplayer if there's a br added onto it then that's a plus but it's definitely not a necessary uh, thing yeah absolutely i absolutely agree uh, so yeah, I just wanted to rant about that. So, uh, moving into the games we are playing slash what we are working on, Roro. Uh, I am still busy with my house. Uh, I had a giant mess to clean up because dust everywhere, all over my dishes, all of my dishes I had to clean again. It's a mess everywhere. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that a lot. So yeah, super fun game. It's called Real Life. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, I haven't really been doing a whole lot, so I'm a terrible host here. Moving on to you. <laughs> <laughs> what I have been playing, I played um, a game called Everhood, which is a new indie game that came out last week, came out on Steam and on the Switch. I'm playing it on the Switch, of course, surprising no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a, it, it's very similar to Undertale, if you uh oh, I think I lost you, Roro. Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. We have lost Roro. We will find Roro out in the crowd. Roro, are you there? Roro. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I lost him. I think his internet might have died, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to, uh, Episode 77 of Podcast BXN, where uh, we we had a little bit of a technical issue. So uh, bear with us here. One moment. Roro. Hello? Roro. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's just... Are you there? Hello? Hello? 
Oh, nope. I thought he was there for a second. All right. I'm going to move into the to the uh, topic of the show here. Um, topic of the show, ladies and gentlemen, is Bethesda plus Xbox um, while we wait and see if Roro comes back. Uh, so Bethesda has officially closed their deal with Microsoft and is now officially part of Xbox. More Bethesda games are also on the way to Game Pass later this week. So it's very good news that this has finally been finalized. Uh, essentially, we're going to get you know the future partnership of what whatever this deal with Bethesda and Xbox ends up being, what exclusive games we get out of it. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what we get out of this in terms of games uh, and in terms of creativity. I think Microsoft is definitely going to try to uh, beef up Bethesda a little bit in terms of talent, try to get more people in there and try to expand their creative outlets, um, which I'm very excited about. Um, but uh, yeah, Roro just backed out, so he should be right back, I think, if uh, he figures that out. But uh, I think that's very fascinating, and uh, I'm glad that they finally completed this acquisition. And essentially, it's crazy because it, it makes Microsoft's first-party studios uh, the biggest out of all of the publishers, which... If you had said that a few years ago, like Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, if you had said that Microsoft ha would have the biggest stable of developers in 2021, I would have told you you're crazy because they had the smallest. They only had like, what, six studios back in like 2015 or something like that, which is just unheard of. That's insane that they only had six studios and now they have over 20 studios. Um, but anyways... Uh, all good. Roro's telling me he's going to try to get back. I'll be here. <laughs> uh, um, but anyways, I, I think it's very fascinating to see what we're going to get out of Bethesda in general and how Microsoft is going to improve that experience and how Game Pass is going to improve that experience because we're going to continue to see um, exciting new games from Bethesda. We're going to see stuff that we never expected to see before. So um, I think that's very fascinating as well to try to see what indie projects we can get from these big publishers and or big developers, I mean, under Bethesda's banner. So also, Microsoft has confirmed that some new Bethesda titles will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. That's very fascinating to me that we're essentially getting, they are confirming that we are getting some Bethesda games coming exclusively to Xbox and PC. So what those games are is, I guess, another question, I guess we want to ask. Um, what games do we think, if any, will be exclusive that are already announced? So my, the thing that comes to my mind is Starfield. Um, I don't know what, where Todd Howard is with his team in, with Starfield. I thought by this point we would see more on Starfield. I really thought that Starfield would launch this fall, but now I'm not really sure um, because of the pandemic and all of that. Uh, but I think Starfield would definitely be in consideration for a announced game that would be exclusive and I think that would make sense that it would be exclusive because it hasn't uh, it hasn't officially announced platforms or anything. It just announced that it was there, much like Elder Scrolls Six. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think in terms of uh, unannounced games that I, I think might be exclusive would be maybe uh, I don't know maybe pff, gosh Doom the Doom sequel Doom Three maybe that would be a, a, an exclusive although. When I say that out loud, I, I kind of go against myself there because Microsoft already has their big first-party studio um, in 343 making a big first-person shooter in Halo. So I don't feel like they need another first-person shooter exclusive, so maybe not for that. But what I do kind of think of and would make me very excited would be an Evil Within sequel because Evil Within... Evil Within was such a freaking good, a, a such a good survival horror experience, and it reminded me so much of Resident Evil 4 and gave me so much of those vibes with Shinji Mikami at the helm, who was the creator of Resident Evil 4. Um, and I think that would be a perfect fit for Game Pass because horror games in 2021 
don't necessarily do as well as other uh, genres, which other genres, like there's so many genres out there that, you know, sell millions and millions and millions of copies, but the horror genre has just never hit it big, so to speak. So the fact that we're going to get, you know, possibly more games like that that are more experimental and, and uh, I guess more risky in Game Pass is great news. And especially when you have these extremely talented developers, you have developers that are world-class developers. Todd Howard's team at Bethesda, phenomenal. Shinji Mikami and his team at Tango, great job with Evil Within and Evil Within 2. I love both of those games. They are great horror experiences. Um, you have Arcane, which made both Prey and Dishonored, and they also are making the upcoming uh, uh, game that's exclusive for PS5 uh, that I'm blanking on the name, but they have another phenomenal team led by Harvey Smith. Um, and obviously they have id Software making Doom. They have so much content. They have so many IPs that it's just insane how much they're able to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to see what else we get out of this. Um, I don't know... As far as announced games that I don't think we'll see as, as exclusive, I I don't see Elder Scrolls Six being exclusive necessarily. It could be, but uh, it would be interesting for sure if that did happen. Roro, you are back with us. I I just I went through the topic of the show, so I gave my thoughts. So now I'm going to take it back to you to talk about <laughs> your game that you're playing. And then, we, we, and then we can close out the uh, topic of the show with your thoughts on the topic of the show. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I thought good. it was my laptop, but it seems to be my internet. I was like, didn't I pay the bill? And I did. So I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm back on my phone. So I apologize if I sound a bit weird. No, you're good. But uh, yeah, the game that I'm playing is called Everhood. It's very similar to Undertale, and I didn't get to hear your response if you've heard of Undertale, which I'm sure I have no? not. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> well, Undertale is uh, it's a pretty uh, popular indie game that came out quite a while ago by a guy named Toby Fox, and this game definitely um, has a lot of inspirations from that game and universe. But it has definitely stands on its own with its story and crazy awesome visuals it's like psychedelic crazy it, it blew my mind every single time that i was doing a battle which are kind of like uh the the best i can describe it are like psychedelic beat battles where you're on a lane kind of like guitar hero yeah. where instead of hitting the notes as they come you're trying to avoid them because uh, you're kind of like in a dance battle with the opposite side kind of like stomping and then beats are being thrown your way but instead of again tr trying to hit them you're trying to avoid them and while this is happening in the background there's some crazy like mushroom high on something level visuals going on in the background that obviously are distracting but are still super beautiful but um that's something that i'm playing and i highly recommend it if you are into undertale and or just want something different it's definitely something that you should check out um but yeah that's that's pretty much it that I've been playing right about now. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we'll go back into the topic <laughs> of the show. Uh, I already gave my, I literally finished all my thoughts when you joined. So I'll just ask you like what, uh, I guess we're getting new game pass games later this week. Uh, what games do you think we are going to get from Bethesda that are going to be exclusive? So they confirmed that some future Bethesda games are going to be exclusive on Xbox and PC. Like what announced games do you think we'll get? And what unannounced games do you think we'll get with that deal? Or do you, do you just, are you not sure? Uh, that one, I am a little bit, um, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. The Skyrim, and Starfield, those types of games, I don't, I still can't see being exclusive. It just, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. But again, as we talked about when this was announced, Xbox dropped a, a pretty hefty sum on to, to get Bethesda underneath their umbrella. So it, it, it would make sense if they wanted to do that. But them with this specific wording, some new future Bethesda titles lends to me, to think that those two in particular will be on more than one platform because they're just such huge games that I don't think that they would want to lose out on that. But yeah, games like 
I don't know. I'm not super familiar with Bethesda, but like the the Doom franchise, yeah. Um, another one, Evil Within, stuff yes. like that. I can see being exclusives. Yeah. Um, but besides that, stuff that hasn't been announced, I I can't really, can't really so, think. Of. But if Evil Within is probably one of my my choices. So that that is literally what I said was <laughs> Evil Within because uh, Game Pass it, it essentially makes games like that more entertaining to them because you know that game probably didn't do as well because it's in the horror genre and it doesn't necessarily garner as much interest now for whatever reason. Uh, they just don't sell as well anymore. So like having it in Game Pass, it really does, you know, make sense to have it in a service like that because it just, you know, rounds out your experiences. So we're completely on board with, with that. Um, the only reason I said, I said that I didn't think Doom would be just because like, Microsoft already has that big tentpole first party um uh first person shooter with Halo and I don't know that they necessarily need another exclusive first person shooter if that makes sense. Mm. So that's the only reason why I was thinking that with Doom and they they would be on their like third in this new reboot trilogy so you kind of feel like yeah, they wouldn't want to shaft people. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't that was my only thinking on that. Um yeah. But I think so, definitely. And I, I don't know. I I kind of thought for a minute about Starfield being exclusive, but I don't know. I guess I don't know. We don't really know yeah. a lot about it yet, and that's yeah. why I was kind of like maybe Starfield's exclusive, but yeah. I don't know. And again, yeah, I, it's totally in their right to to do that after spending so much. So I yeah. could definitely see it see it happening, but I don't know. It's just. And and it's and it's totally me not being an Xbox person, not like yeah. thinking this way. That I just like again when we talked about this the first time. If it was almost anybody else, I'd be like, of course it, it'll be exclusive. Like, why would they do something like that? But I feel like Xbox is just I don't know. I feel like they would play a little bit nicer with the rest of the people than PlayStation would, for example. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if yeah. if Sony had bought Bethesda, this wouldn't even yeah. be a question. We'd be like, yeah. oh, <laughs> that's exclusive. But yeah. Although they are starting to branch out into PC as well now yeah. with, with many of their games. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close out the show, Roro? No, that is it. Okay. <laughs> I I want to apologize because I had terrible vamping while you were gone. <laughs> I, I waited a solid like 30 seconds and I was vamping for uh, 30 seconds there. So I'm like, oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. I'm like, oh. <laughs> i was i was like talking about the game a little bit more when i cut out i was like oh daniel did you freeze i'll, I'll just keep going i'll just keep going <laughs> and then i was like oh no it's it's me and then i had to rush to see what what had happened so i apologize for that no, no it's all good it's all good technology that's what happens <sighs> Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you again to everyone joining us live and on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, not Sean, because you're not here. I am Daniel, <laughs> and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. See you.